Hello everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of Tiger Triumph. I am one half of your hosting duo, Ryan Rosendale, and I am joined again by the 2017 Premiership coach, Will Perry. Thanks, Rosa. Um, it's good to be back. Long time coming this episode. We've had a couple of weeks off, but you know... That's it's been a while. Life. Yeah, that's life. Things happen, but no, it's good to be here for episode five and I'm interested to see how it all goes. Now, the reason it's been such a uh, long wait is because we've tried to organise a guy that is very high in demand around the circles of Hobart and the, and the football circles. And he is... Uh, I'm going to reel off his... Before I introduce I'm going to reel off his stats for, oh, this, no. for this 2017 year because they were, they were pretty elite. Right. So the guy I've got on today was the Hobart BNF winner. He was also the Hobart leading goal kicker for the under-18s. Uh, and with that came the competition BNF and the competition goal kicking. And the man that won all those awards is Lockie Plummer. Lockie, pleasure to have, have you with us today, mate. Wow, that's pretty... Yeah, I can't believe that intro, but yeah, a bit of mayo on it. But no, yeah, she's good. Good to be here. Cheers for having me, fellas. No worries, mate. You've obviously uh, tuned in and you've been listening and been, I guess, reminiscing about what kind of year you guys had in, in 2017. Oh, like a little kid on Christmas, mate. It was, yeah. They've been that excited every week. Keep messaging Pezza and say, when's she up? When's the next episode up? But no, it's good. Good to have your support, mate. We appreciate you joining us tonight, uh, today. So we got you on, mate. We just want to uh, kind of talk about your season that you had because obviously it was a pretty uh, stellar season that you had and you're a, a big influence, I guess, in getting a lot of blokes up to the club in 2017. Uh, so we just want to, I guess, where we'll start today is we just want to run through uh, your junior footy career, where you started playing your footy and then obviously what got you up to Hobart uh, at the start of 2017. Yeah, too easy. So she was... Um I actually had my Oz kick, my first Oz kick game was, was about five or six, and I, it was at Claremont. And then uh, I made the move to Lindisfarne because my parents lived separate, and Lindisfarne was like in the middle. And I played there for about eight years, all through juniors. Um, pretty pretty unsuccessful years, but nevertheless, built some character and, and ended up moving to Hobart City in North Hobart um, and had a couple of years there. It wasn't too bad, but yeah, came up to Hobart and. The rest is history. I guess the transition from before we talk, before we get to Hobart, the transition from Lindisfarne to Hobart City, that was more to, I guess you were, I'm guessing you were in a, a few like uh, like under-18 squads and things like that. Is that why the transition from maybe an SFL to a TSL level yes. went through? So originally, I actually wanted to stay at Lindisfarne for my whole like career. I thought one, I'd be a one-club sort of person. Um, and then, yeah, through the 16 stuff, I sort of, had to make a decision. Obviously, I was pursuing AFL, so I thought, well, I better go play in the state league, and and I did that, and yeah, then I went to Hobart under eighteen. So <laughs> no, she was good though. Was Things good. worked out, even though you didn't obviously make it to the big time, mate. Things worked out pretty well in terms uh, look, of yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, well, I suppose when I turned sixteen, seventeen, after all that stuff, you have a bit of a change of path, got a job and whatnot. So yep. re- reality sort of hit a bit more, but yeah, yeah, no, it was good. So we're at the point now. I'm guessing like back in 2016, early 2017, this is probably where you and Pez can, I guess, reminisce about the times yeah. when he'd, he'd jump on the buzzer and try and get you up. We've spoken about it a bit, Pez and I, throughout the series. But uh, what was, I guess, the decision to leave Hobart City? And then how was how long did it take for you to kind of convince yourself that coming up to Hobart was the right choice for you in your footy career? Yeah, good question. Um, I, To be honest, I was... Enjoying myself to an extent at Hobart City North Hobart. It's a good club, great club, and everything like that. Good people and that, but just sort of wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't what I. I think how serious it was. I'd sort of lost a bit of motivation with footy, and I sort of wanted to sort of find the roots when I was young. Enjoy, enjoy your game and stuff. So I got contacted by Pezza, 
and um, he said Hobart under 18s and I was yeah we were talking for months but sort of ended up really considering it probably oh actually I can't remember now but I started really considering it asked a few mates and then next thing yeah I she was she was all over went up made the signed the contract and yeah. the rest was history you know what happened then yeah well I suppose when I sort of heard that that's I suppose a good segue into me having a chat with you when I heard that you know your sort of thoughts about football at that stage whether it was you weren't sort of you know super keen on having it really serious like making things really serious at that stage so I sort of jumped on that knowledge and thought oh well maybe you can come and have a kick at Hobart and enjoy yourself and like I knew that the guys that were playing in our side were guys that you hung with, hung out with outside of footy. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of thought, you know, you're going to hang out with them afterwards, so you may as well come and have a kick with them as well. Um, so that was a little bit of a pull, as well as the fact that, obviously, I knew you were a freak and you were going to dominate at that level. So I was <laughs> oh, like, on, <laughs> if I can get him, this will be Put huge. And, and like we spoke about in episode one, that, you know, if you don't have depth and you don't have cattle, like, it can make things, it can make, you know, winning games really hard. So I thought that if we could get someone like yourself, it will be sort of hopefully, and it ended up that way, a bit of a flow-on effect to get some some other new recruits. So, like, what was, I guess, you'd, I'm guessing you would have seen the results from 2016. You'd obviously seen that the club yeah. hadn't had a great year and I think the losing margin was, was fairly big. Yeah. Were you Did you have any doubts about, oh, like, should I come to a club that hasn't had much success or that wasn't a part of your thinking? Yeah, no, nah, that was actually probably the main reason as to why I... Because I thought, how can I come to a club and enjoy my footy again but be losing games? Like, that, that was something. Like, I wanted to play with my mates, but I wanted to be winning footy as yeah. well. Yeah, so... so. Was that, a, I guess, had you, you, I'm guessing that Pez would have said to you, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy that was at the head of the table last season. Uh, yep. What were, I guess, some of the things that Pez has said to you that kind of convinced you to turn your, turn your thinking that, oh, I won't enjoy my footy there if they're not winning games to, hang on, it's a whole new setup, new coach, a lot of new players will come well, through, maybe we might be all right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, to be completely honest, when I played for Lindisfarne, you always knew that Hobart was like, the juniors just weren't like, around my age group, they weren't that strong. They just yep. never filled teams and stuff. So it was a massive decision for me coming up to a club that I thought weren't like, yeah, I didn't really, like now that I'm, I've experienced Hobart, it's amazing. I probably won't leave sort of thing. But like, yep. um, you know, I just didn't know that, the potential in, yep. in a way. And um, when we sort of spoke to a few blokes and I had, you know, the likes of, I, I always grew up with like Harry Fish and, and blokes like that, Marshall. So I knew that they could play. Yep. Um, and I knew that once I knew that they were staying as well, and then I could get blokes like Jesse Gardner, who's a bull, you know. Um, yeah, like all those blokes sort of thing that we ended up getting. It was it was sort of the nail in the coffin. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a good year, and it's with a bunch of people that I well I've been around. So yeah, yeah. nah, perfect. So this is a two parter, I guess. Initial reaction for the club as a whole, like the players yeah. and then obviously everyone that's involved in the club as a broader perspective and then your initial thoughts of I guess you know, with that first meeting with Pez obviously you'd had a bit of communication via text and whatnot but obviously what was that first conversation between you guys like if you can remember yeah I yeah I probably don't really remember the first conversation but I remember the I remember around the time and my thought process around the time and it was sort of like yeah, you, you had a good feeling. Like I had a good feeling. That's why I came in the end. Like if I didn't have that good feeling, I probably wouldn't have ended up coming. So, like, I mean, props to Pez because he. There were times there where I was indecisive, but then mm. I'd wake up and there'd be a little message from Pezza 
and we're like, oh, you know, you still think, and it does make you feel good. Like it makes you feel awesome when someone's wanting you to play for them. So, um, you know, with me not enjoying my footy, good vibes, someone actually wanting you there, bunch of your mates. It was all, it was a perfect combination for me. Yeah, I wanted to be, um, you know, I wanted to stick out you for a while because I thought like if you come, like I, I just knew you were going to enjoy it if you came. Yeah. Like regardless of, I suppose. Winning games is a big carrot, but I suppose regardless of that, I knew that like the guys that were playing there were all sort of your mates outside of footy. So that was something that I like, regardless whether we won games of footy or if, you know, that sort of thing. I knew that off field you were going to enjoy yourself because they're all the guys that you hang out with regardless. So I thought like if I can just get him here, like I know he's going to enjoy it. So I'm pretty sure our first ever like actual face-to-face chat was when you rocked up to training. And I saw you come over and I'm like, oh. Oh, it'll be with Leafy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's actually here. Look out. And then I remember, like, <laughs> I remember a few of my mates, like, that were playing reserves and seniors or whatever, like, oh, look, there's this new recruits here. Look at him. Look at him. He's excited. Oh, he's excited. Because I was Jesus. like, I saw you getting out of the car, so I gravitated over there straight away. I'm like, yes, we're on. But I knew that <laughs> if I could just, I just needed to get you there. And then as soon as you got there, I think that sort of perked everyone else's tails up a little bit because... Like, people knew that I was sort of in, you know, having some dialogue with you, but they were like, oh, like, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if you can actually get him to come. But as soon as we got you there, everyone was like, oh, look out, like, yeah, he's actually right. come. So, I remember that was really, ex- really exciting. And I was, I was actually a little bit nervous because you know what it's like when you're talking to someone for ages, but you've never met him, yep. and then you're like, shit, I've actually got to go and, like, speak to him face to face now. So, I was yeah. like, oh, righto. So... But no, I was um yeah very pleased when he when we saw him um, rock up to the first training night. Sounds like the beginning of a uh, a love story there. You were smitten yeah. from the first meeting, Pezza. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Pez, actually. So you just said before that you obviously Lockie was a guy that you kind of seeked out to be. Okay, I know this kid's got a fair bit of talent. I'm going to see what he wants to do next year in terms of where he's going to play his footy. Where did you get that intel from? I'm guessing that. I'm guessing, like Lockie said, he knew a few of the guys were up here the year before. Was that, did that intel come from those guys or you'd seen a bit of junior footy in your time? Or how did you know that Lockie was a guy that you wanted up at the Hobart Footy Club? Yeah, portions of both. Um, obviously, had conversations with his mates that were already currently here, but then sort of got some intel that, like, he may have potentially wanted to go and play a little bit of footy somewhere where it was a little bit more fun-orientated and it wasn't as, you know, super serious. So I thought that I would sort of jump on that idea because at that stage like we just we just needed players in general but then sort of looked into um Lockie's sort of junior career up until that point and obviously it was a it was a pretty pretty nice looking junior career so I thought like this would be massive if we can get someone that's played you know some really decent footy to come and play at SFL under 18s level um it'll be it'll be a massive scout for us and you know for the club going forward it will also probably be you know, a big sort of get for them in terms of getting players the following year and the year after that and the year after that because all of a sudden you're building a bit of a culture where there's some quality players there. So that was obviously a, an aspect there for me. But, yeah, basically most of it was all through his mates and then sort of got wind that he was potentially wanting to go elsewhere where he could maybe, you know, take a step back and just enjoy footy and it may not be as serious. Um and then, yeah, once I sort of looked into his junior career up until that point, I thought, like, this guy's a gun. He wants to have a bit of fun and play a little bit of footy with his, with his mates that he hangs out with outside of footy. So I thought, 
like, I'm just going to jump at him and see what happens. He can only say no, yep. so I thought, why not? Nah, as like he said, I'm sure it made made him feel like he was, you know, someone that the club really wanted, saw a bit of talent in and they wanted uh, up at the footy club, so all that hard work that you did. Definitely went in the right direction, mate, and went a long way, I'm guessing, in the year that you guys had. So, like, I guess we talked about a few episodes ago that, um, like, the training standards the year prior when Pezza jumped on with Dane, uh, you know, weren't obviously great because, the ta- like, they just didn't have the talent there. And then we spoke about when, I think, might have been with Marshall, that the training standards kind of just went through the roof in 2017. Uh, and I think Pezza said that you, like, a, re- a big reason for that was the new guys that came through, and you're obviously a part of that. And then I guess what I want to touch on is that obviously you come up, the training centres lift, and then you haven't been here for the year prior, but you get appointed vice-captain. So that obviously meant a fair bit to you in terms of that the guys saw that you were a guy that brought some leadership qualities along with the, the skills that you brought in, in your football. Yeah, that was a... Yeah, I was very surprised about that, um, getting vice-captain. But I was just sort of, as I said, I was just there, no worries in the world just there training um, with my mates and, and it got to the point where oh, props to Marshall as well though he was holding that like just the voice the, the leadership throughout there he's very well deserved captain um, yep. but like even little little things in pre-season I remember being out the um, crossroads up there and and uh, yeah me and Leaf we just had a competition me and him because we obviously the two sort of little guys on there and we had a um, bit of beef I'd almost say as outrunning each other like yeah. so it became like an actual thing where I hated like for a while mm. their training and stuff hated running like you know you just don't have that motivation and it became a thing where it was like I just want to beat you like and it actually was better for the team because then we sort of got ourselves a bit fit and all of a sudden you got six or seven other blokes that are trying to beat me and trying to beat Leaf as well and then by the end of it you had blokes beating us and had blokes that were fit like even Cripper he was unbelievably fit like you know, to obviously he looks after himself better than a lot of us, but um, yeah, like he he just went leaps and bounds and improved in that year as well. So it was it was good seeing like sort of everyone. No, not I wouldn't say follow because like there was no what no stance there where where me or Leaf or anyone like Marshall were in front. It was a group thing, but yeah, it was good to see that everyone was on the same page sort of thing and everyone yeah. wanted it. Like yeah, so it was good to see you um see you guys having a real crack at training as well because you can see like. Didn't want that classic situation where it's like you get a gun recruit, but like he sort of, he, he never trains or he does bits and bobs and he sort of comes in and out of drills when he feels like a bit like he'll play on Saturday, you know what I mean? So it was good that you were doing, you know, all the work that everyone else was doing. So, cause then I suppose that gives everyone else confidence that, you know, he's going to do what he can for the team as well. Like he's not yep. just going to be the guy that, you know, as I say, does bits and pieces of training sessions, but then he'll always play Saturday. But that's, I suppose that's more of a more of a thing that you might see at senior level. But um, no, it was good to <laughs> it was good to see you and Leaf having your little battles. You little guys battles. are always like you guys are always wrestling or punching each other or doing something stupid yeah. off to the side as well. But Leaf actually, um, yeah, much did he improve? Yeah, crazy. Leaf was um, Leaf was really good early on in the season. I remember I remember he came up to me. We're sort of we're diverting a bit here, but we'll go with it. I want a tangent, but we'll go with it. You got to do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> I remember, and this is this will be this is good sort of advice as well because I always spoke about a training like we need to work hard so that we get rewards, and obviously that's that's an obvious thing to say. But it was it really rang true with Leaf towards the middle of the year because I remember that 
during that pre-season, you guys were running really hard and you're trying to beat each other in your running. And if it wasn't you first, it was him first. And it was the first and second every week um, with all our running stuff. And he started the year off really well. And then he sort of started to taper off a little bit. And yep. he came to me and said, Pez, like, I started the year really well. Like, I was getting kicks. I was kicking goals. And now sort of I'm struggling to get a little bit of a kick. And I said, well, you haven't been coming to train, mate. Yeah. You're not doing the running. What were, you, what were you like in, in February and March? Oh, I was on fire. I was winning all the running and mm. all this stuff. I was like, there you go, mate. Shows in the first first game against Hillville, he kicked two, two didn't he? Or mm. he kicked, you know, he played well and he was in good form. But. Yeah, but it was it was good to see. Um, it was good to see you putting in, you know, the hard yards that were needed that everyone else needed to do as well. Because I didn't, I wasn't ever aware of it. I didn't want to have that classic situation where like you get a gun recruit and he sort of does you know, enough or whatever he feels like he needs to do, but, you know, comes in and out of things. So it was good to see you do do every session and do everything that everyone else is doing. So, no, it was great. I, th- I think it was a massive part of that too was probably you giving me the vice captaincy. I felt like I had a standard to live up to. I had a, I don't know, a role to play. So if you're not doing it, you got to – I probably shouldn't be in that position if that makes sense. So Yeah, have you, yeah. Had you had any leadership positions previous or was that your first one? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> are you really – I can hear, I can see a bit of the smile on the face, mate. Is there nah, a story behind this? Or oh, what? well, yeah, well, I, was, I don't sound like an idiot, but um, <laughs> I've been captain a couple of times before. Um, something I like doing. I was lucky enough um, in the under-15 state, I was captain of that with alongside Harrison Gunther. So, yep. But that was literally nothing f- apart from me just yapping all the time <laughs> at training. Like, just would not shut up on a little true hour, so... I sort of didn't give old Blair Brown as a choice with that one, but <laughs> no, nah, I was, yeah, I mean, I've had a little bit, I like to think I'm a bit of a leader, but like, at the same time, actions speak louder than words sort of thing, like, yeah. yeah. So like, you, do you kind of, because sometimes you get a leader that goes out there, the choir type, they go out in the field, they play the role and that's yeah. how they lead, and yeah. then you get other guys that are very much talk, lead from the front with their voice and things like that, are you kind of in between that, or where, yeah, where do you think you I'm, sit? I'm, I like to think, you know actions and stuff go out there and lead by example yeah. but I'm definitely the one that talks um, up up get everyone up vibes good vibes Marshall's the one that he he doesn't have to say anything you just know he'll go crash into a pack you know he'll lead by example sort of thing and, and you know people are sort of you know different leaders but I feel like we had a lot of different leaders in that team which sort of made it um, good, a good mix like you had people that talked but you had people that were yeah but by saying I was a talking leader. Doesn't mean I wouldn't go back with yeah. a flight, but yeah. sort of thing. But it yeah. was just like, yeah, the, yeah. I feel like you did role, a bit of both. Yeah, my yeah. role a bit more sort of was getting everyone up and about. So yeah, was that leadership? We've probably spoken about it previous, but of my memory's pretty bad. So just remind me: is that was that leadership? Obviously, Jaden was captain. Lockie was vice, and I'm pretty sure there was another guy that was vice. Tommy was Farnham. Tommy Farnham. Thank you, Lock. Um, so was that a leadership thing? Was that your decision or was that a vote within the group or how did that all come about? Yeah, we have touched on it. Um, so it so ended you say up, my memory's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it ended up being a club vote. So I initially wanted to pick my three captains. Um, not for any reason. I just thought like it hadn't been long enough for, I suppose, everyone to just make a decision based off four or five weeks of training. And I felt like if anyone was going to make you know, a decision off that short amount of time, it would be me because then if it's not right, then the buck stops with me. Yeah, but, um, you know, the the club wanted to make the whole club sort of um, 
Jeez, that was good language, wasn't it? <laughs> the club wanted to make the club. Um, <laughs> You're no, alert, though. You're still alert. Wanted, wanted it to be a, um, a voting process. So we just had a 3-2-1 system. Three meaning we want them as captain. Two vice, one deputy vice. So we had, obviously, Marshall as captain. We actually had Seb Godfrey as vice captain. And then we had a dual deputy vice with Plummer and the voice. Right. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Tom Farnham, that sorry. That is brilliant. That's brilliant, the voice. Oh, like, I think yeah, you pulled so that one out already. Yeah, so it was a 3-2-1 voting system. That's gold. Did that ever get a run at it got a, oh, diverting it, again? But definitely, that's one of the best nicknames I've heard. That definitely voice. should have got more of a run than it did. It should be well It should be well known around Tasmania was there, with the voice. Was there ever a night up in the den where, you know, <laughs> the tunes come on and someone just pinged the voice on and he'd go mental? Oh, I don't think we were allowed at that stage. I don't think we were allowed to have too many beers after then. I think the senior yeah, team right, was yeah. sort of taken over. But yeah. I'll tell you what, if we if we had the chance, I'm sure she would have come out. <laughs> Maybe to re, uh, five, a, a reunion, reunion. Yeah, we we'll get the voice going. Get the voice going. That's one of the best things I've heard in footy. Uh, back back on back on topic, yeah. gents. Uh, so round one hits lock, and we've spoken about round one in pretty pretty uh, extreme detail. But I just want to touch on it again. Yeah, good was it? It was pretty good. I wasn't there, but uh, you blokes were obviously there, and I've seen the results. It was, uh, as Pez and you, I think in episode one, straight off the top, he said he knew the results. So it was one, 124 to 14. I just want to touch on it because it's obviously your first game for the club. You kick four goals, and you're second best on. And I think Pez has said that it could have been, it was a toss-up between you and Hobo as to who got best on. He kicked yeah. six, you kicked four. Maybe that's what, that's what did. He didn't kick enough snags, mate. But that's obviously a fairly pretty, a pretty impressive debut for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I came in with no expectations, sort of thing. And Hovo, he deserved best on that game because how do you come the Very year modest. before? The, the year before, played fullback. The year after, get sw- switched around and kicked six straight out full forward. And he, Oregon, he kicked through four points too. To be fair, so um, yeah, no, nah, Hovo was well deserved. But back on what you're saying, um, yeah, round one was pretty special. It was sort of, as I said, no expectations. We come in and we did that. And yeah, the vibes, everything. As I think Pez touched on about me boots, and I, I've got to say, just oh, that was seen better days. Pete Murray was the best call that I've ever yeah, heard in my life. We did want to hear this story from the horse's mouth, so just run, run me through as someone right. that wasn't there, wasn't wasn't aware of it until Pez brought it up earlier in the series. Run me through this story because it's it's a pretty good one. Yeah, well, obviously, so I'm, I, I didn't know if I was playing footy sort of thing, and I'm training and. Eventually, I just never got around to buying a pair of boots, and <laughs> and um and and so I think it was about a week before or a couple of days before round one, they like they were starting to really badly split, and I thought I don't. I, the worst thing is a new pair of boots, um game day like blisters, all that sort of stuff. So I thought I'll just work work with what's best for me at the moment, and that's these old girls, and um yeah, they they they. Didn't do too bad. I think it was about two weeks after that. I think I played another game in him, and then I stole Pez's boots off him. So and played in them for a little while. So hang on, you, you kick four goals in that first game in those boots. Yeah, yeah. that's impressive. No, it was yeah. Oh, to be fair, we we got a bit of a big win, so it wasn't like it was you know. But yeah. So I ended up pinching your boots, Pez. Yeah. I don't even know why I had a pair of boots. Mine were brand new as well. You you chucked them on every now and then. You'd have a train with us. You'd run around. <laughs> oh, I think back back in the, like sort of trying to reminisce on the old Pez days. And he you did not. He moved too. He moved well. There were a lot of well. targets getting hit too. I was oh, yeah. But, um, yep. yeah, I was kicking them in for him. <laughs> and then thought, here you go, champion. Where are these? But no, I'm, one thing I am surprised is that they fit. 
Ah, uh, yeah. They fit all right or they a bit, bit tight? Nah, so I think... Oh, I think my boots... They were your weaving boots because they were a bit tighter. Yeah, but I think we're like half a size different. So yeah. I think it's the 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 girth, not the yeah. length. <laughs> no, nah. you're you're bigger, of course, Pez. <laughs> nah. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Oh, back on track. Yeah. Sorry, I've just diverted a bit there, haven't I? Yeah, I'm lost. Nah, now. you you blokes have dirty minds. I was talking about the boots. Come on. Oh, that's gonna be one of the best stories I've heard throughout the series. Nah, she's good. Uh yeah, but the, nah, anyway, the boots were the boots were shocking. I needed a new pair, and I stole pairs off him. So, well, I'm glad you found a pair, mate. Cause yeah, I got a pair. I'm sure. I'm sure, though, from what I've seen with the stats, I'm sure you could have played the whole year in those boots, and you probably would have still kicked think, two or three a game. To be fair, I think they were actually had seen its last day. Like, I think they'd split completely. So, I had no they'd, choice. They'd had a Pete Murray. Yeah, stop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's toughest. laughs> Um. So, obviously, round one hits. Uh, then I think we spoke earlier in the series, round two and three, you start getting a few wins on the board. Obviously, games are a bit tighter. Um, but at what point of the season did you, in your your own mind, think that you guys were a chance to obviously play finals one and then a decent chance to go all the way and make the grand final? Um, well before round one, I thought we're a chance to play finals with yeah. the cattle that we got. Um, the likes of Harry Fish, Jesse Gardner, like, I'm off the top of my head, I'm literally, I'm going to miss a bunch of blokes, but, like, they know who they are and everyone played a role sort of thing, so I knew straight away that we've got a good team, and as soon as we hit that round one win, um, I sort of, I knew a couple of blokes from Hewenville, and they did say they had a couple of players out and whatnot, which is, I'm sure, always the case, but, um, yeah, I didn't get too ahead of myself, I thought we're still, we've still got to beat teams like Norfolk, Lindisfarne, like, we've got to beat good teams, and... As soon as we beat New Norfolk, even though it was only 15, 20 points or something like that, I think they kicked a couple of late goals. So it was sort of one in the fourth quarter already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're starting to get a good feeling about the team and you think, shit, we could sort of go all the way here. And then it just kept 3-0, 4-0. and just kept we, – we just made a focus of keep that to zero. And it was week by week from then. And yeah. So we've spoken, obviously, of your year at the start, but I just want maybe Pez to touch on – your role within the team. Obviously, you play a fair bit, fair bit in the middle. You're a midfielder generally. Well, but you're ne- nowadays I'm bloody rolling across our forward line. Can't get a game in the midfield. <laughs> but nah, back back then I was in, yeah, I was in the midfield. Yeah, and then you obviously kicked kicked a fair few goals. So I'm guessing you rested forward a fair bit. But I guess your point of view, Pezza, what I guess did Lockie bring to the team that that you saw that was mm-hmm. obviously with talk his leadership qualities and his his, his skill football wise. What else did he bring to the team that? maybe was missing in that back end of 2016 when you saw that team? Well, there's a lot of things, I suppose. Um, probably brought, probably brought a, a touch of class that we have probably never really had at under-18s level for, for a very long time. Um, obviously, someone who gets a lot of the footy, like he would have had, wouldn't have had many games where he had under 25 or 30 at least. And that's like, that sounds like someone's dominating every, every game and it sounds like we're telling porkies, but seriously... There wouldn't have been many games that you wouldn't have had under at least 25. There um, would have been a few, but yeah, just, yeah. Well, not I've really. got to chime in there and not, say, nah, <laughs> probably, I had a couple of ordinary games, but yeah. Not, not many. Um, but but I'll yeah, appreciate that anyway. Obviously played played really well every week, just an accumulator of the footy, really turns it over, um, very quick and agile. It's also good to see, like, because he's so skillful and he's such a good player, it's... Size is not an issue. Like anyone who's seen Lockie, obviously, he's not very tall and he's pretty slight and pretty lean as well. 
Um, what are you talking about, Pez? What are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> yeah, good times. I'm ripped. I'm good wi- times. I'm wiry. <laughs> no, but like, it's not the classic man-child that's playing Colts. He's actually a gun. So, um, no, it was good to see him play really well because I knew that that's the quality of player that he was. So, it was good to see that actually showing games. But, yeah, um, it was good to be able to have him go forward as well. Obviously, play predominantly, predominantly the whole year on ball, but... If he needed a spell, he would go forward and would kick goals when he went forward as well. And I'm pretty sure, and this is a game we spoke about a couple of episodes Let ago. Let me guess, Lindisfarne, Anzac Park. He's nailed it. He knew. Second quarter. Yep. Um, I remember. We spoke about, yeah, in episode four, we're down by three goals at quarter time, which it isn't a lot, but you've still got to kick four unanswered to get back in front. Um, so we decided we might just leave Plummer forward for an entire quarter. Um, that went well. Um, so <laughs> yeah, but Jesse Jesse would have had fifteen in the midfield that quarter himself. He yeah, he put the ball down, he threw it, and in. then and then here we are again. We're talking about the fact that we've got enough enough depth. To yeah, just that's the th- thing to yeah. just throw you there and leave you there. Like you could have played there all game, and we still would have been right. So yeah, um, we were very fortunate in that regard. But yeah, so I suppose it was good that if we needed some sort of momentum shift where we were down or where goals are, you know, few and far between than what we could chuck you forward. With Christ. any, I guess, skillful player, one, a, a player that's got, you know, a, a fair bit of talent as, as you do, like, even though you've been pretty modest. So, oh, so, yeah, mate. you guys are making me blush and everything. Nah. <laughs> we're, we're talking truth. Obviously, with that comes the chance that you're going to cop a fair bit, of te- fair bit of attention from opposition teams. Yeah. Did you... I guess, did you cop any, like, tagging roles throughout the year? And then, obviously, for both of you guys, how did you, as a player, and then Pez, you as a coach, how did you guys approach that each week? Because, obviously, you've had it, as we said, you won the comp BNF, so teams will be looking at, at you know, the results and seeing that you're getting in the best players every, most weeks, you're kicking a few goals every week. I'm guessing that that was a conversation that the two of you had to have when midway through a game, you might be copping a bit of attention from the opposition. Yeah, look... Um at the end of the day, you're going to get that though. Like even there were some players on opposition teams throughout the year that we focused on because we thought we needed to stop. So it wasn't just like it was. It happens in footy all the time. Like you always have your certain players that you're going to look at. But um, what what a lot of teams didn't really understand was like it doesn't. Re- it did not honestly really matter if you took me out of the game at all. Like because you've got blokes that'll win the footy in there. Jesse Zane, like all those, and even Cripper on the outside. You know. Even gets down to blokes like Lachlan Jenkins and stuff who, who played a real big role, Jet Big Janker and that. So, I don't know, like, yeah, it's it's one of those things that you you get it, got to expect if you're kicking goals and stuff, but I didn't let it worry me too much because I knew that if they're putting that much attention on me, like, there's going to be other players who are going to be able to get off the chain. If they're putting their, say, second, third best player on me or something like that, like, that takes their second, third best player out of the game. So, it's sort of... And we had the depth, I believe, to to overcome that. So, yeah. For sure. You've said that perfectly. Um, yeah, in terms of actual tagging, like it did happen a little bit, but I, as you say, like it might, have, it might have started that way and then like you've just touched on, teams have just sort of realised like there's not a lot we can do because now all of a sudden their second, third, fourth tier midfielders are getting on the end of it and they're starting to play really good footy. So a lot of the time it was just a situation where they'd, Decided to go head to head with us, and yeah, yep. And it was more of just a you know, we're just gonna outrun you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, like, if there was ever any advice, like, oh, I'd never been tagged, so I never knew what to say. Um, 
but I suppose a lot of the advice would be if that was the case, is to keep running because eventually they're going to drop off. They won't yeah. be able to go with you, so just keep running, keep running. Um, but yeah, if any, if anything, more than tagging, I would say a lot of the attention that you would have got would be just guys trying to just trying to get in your face and trying to round yeah, up. If yeah, anything, yeah. more than trying to tag, you know, it was more about trying to start a little beer for getting a get bit more aggressive. head out of the game because that yeah, like it's it's been proven in the past that like I remember a couple of years ago in a grand final. Where we got beat by 100 points by Clarence and North when I played for North Hobart 18s and that day they got in our heads and it worked like we just stopped playing footy and that's something that I've always, like I've focused on since then to you know and I'd yeah I don't know it's one of those yeah I don't know focus on it try not to let it beat you but if it does like have faith do the things you can lay tackles like and I'll go I will touch on as well um. Like, I, there was not many times throughout the year where I got tagged. Um, there was maybe th- oh, three or four games, maybe, where I got tagged, tagged. Like, a couple of times where you'd get someone play on you. But what I just can't be more thankful enough was the blokes on my team getting stuck into the bloke who's playing on me. Yeah. Because what you'd find is they actually got to the point where the blokes on my team, so at Hobart, they were getting stuck into him that much that he actually sort of didn't really want to do it. Like, their teammates weren't sort of coming and backing them up, like, because there were so many of us going, get off him, you know, we're, we're going to all day, baby, all day sort of stuff, like, yeah, yeah and it's, it was, it was good for me, because you got, you got teammates that have got your back regardless, so, that's the, yeah. I know, I know you don't like that sort of stuff, Rosa, and I know you don't want us to sound like we're a bully team, but we did have a couple of guys that had the ability to do that, mm. to either stick up for each other and to also bully a couple of opposition players, so... I felt like that was something we'd also been lacking in the past as well. You need a couple of bulls on each line. It was very of... sorry to cut you off there, but it was very. Um, it was only bullying to an extent. Like there was nothing dirty. There was literally no. nothing dirty all year. I don't reckon. I reckon there was maybe Jesse might have got sent off once. Yeah. Like, but he's just a he's just an animal. Like you got to do <laughs> he that. He's an animal. But uh, no, nah, like yeah, it, it was all fair sort of play. Like and and it was all respect and. Everything from team, like from team to opposition, so it wasn't any of that. It was just mm. on the field. We're not going to get walked past, sort of thing. Yeah, we've all of a sudden become a team that you know will stand up for themselves and will go back at you. And I think teams sort of found that out pretty quickly. And if there ever was any sort of wrestling during the game, straight immediately after that, we were always the first team to go straight in. And I think that worried a lot of sides as well. We're always the first team to get the ball immediately after a little biff. Yeah, it's the five minutes after the biff, whatever. Mm, yeah. yeah, so I think that was something that we did really well and that was that was pretty massive against Lindisfarne and Anzac Park that same game. We had a little bit of a tussle and then after that, we outscored them by seven or eight goals in the end. So, yeah. But no, it was, um, it was certainly something we had, but it was good to see you guys all stick up for one another. It's great. I think what that shows to me is someone that obviously from the answer looking in, that you guys, A, were all pretty tight as a, as a collective. Yeah, yeah. And then B, that any good team that you see, you know, you look at the Brisbane of 01, 2, 3, the three-peat, and then you look at sides like Geelong lately and Hawthorne when they won the three-peat, like those teams have got guys in that side that have a fair bit of grit. So, you know, yeah, Brisbane had like a Michael Voss, Nigel Lapp, and, you know, Hawth- yeah. Hawthorne had Hodgie, guys like that, that, like you say, probably Jesse was the one for you guys that, you know, if oh, there yeah. was any... Any time during a game where you needed to put a bit of physical pressure on a on the opposition in within the rules of the game, that you guys had that, and to me it shows that you guys were a good side because you had the talent, you had the skill, 
you had the belief and the buy-in from everyone, but you also had that grit that I think any good yeah. team needs. Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, that. So, at the point now, I think where we'll talk, we'll touch in on the finals a bit. So, we've kind of talked a bit about the finals, but we're going to go on over the grand final in a bit of greater detail um, in one of the last episodes we do. But obviously, you approaching the grand final, like you win the uh, the competition BNF the Monday before the granny? Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm guessing anyone that was around the comp that year knew that you were in with a chance, but obviously, we spoke pre-recording that as in any good team, if you, you know, you, you're in a good side, even though you are a good player, chances are you're not the only good player in the side. You're going to have guys that are going to take votes off you. 100%, yeah. So, I guess, were you, what was your... You obviously rocked up that night. I think Pez was obviously there too. I'm guessing a few of the other guys from the team obviously got an invite that were, that were close around the, around the market to win it. Just walk me through your memories of the night and, I guess, your reaction when you were your name was read out as a, as a BNF for the under-18s for the competition. Yeah, look, it was pretty surreal. Um, I, I, as I said, the whole year had no expectation, so I went into that with no expectation. Um, but I also realised, I've named them, but I'll keep naming them, like th- those top sort of tier players in my team, and even you know right down to Jacko Langford, bloody Jamie Woolley and stuff, they had their games where they kicked, they did some stuff to get votes. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things where I, I knew sort of going in there, it, was, it wasn't going to be a... Like, you know, obviously I thought I was in with a chance, but I didn't think it was going to be as much as sort of it was. Um, But it just goes to show, because Harry Fish come third, like in the league BNF, we had blokes, you know, taking votes. just must have been every time someone played Hobart, it was just Hobart, Hobart, Hobart. No one else took, like the opposition couldn't get any votes in there, maybe. I don't know. Definitely see how you thought that. My thoughts were a little bit different. Um, thankfully, it turned out. It ended up turning out exactly how I thought it was going to. Um, yeah, right. So yeah, obviously, right. Plummer. <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously no Plummer, worries. I'll just, I'll just leave. Obviously, Plummer. Obviously, Plummer wins the league. BNF. Um, person who comes second, can't even remember. Uh, Jaden Wilton from New Norfolk. New Norfolk. He was, right. uh, I think, it was under 18s and he was 16 at the time or something. So he's, he was yeah, going well. Wow. Guy that came runner up was twenty one votes behind. So in a three two one system, that's that's pretty substantial. So no, it was it was I was glad that like and this is not trying to you know yeah I don't know what to say the whole get on some yeah. some little plumber kissing train, but <laughs> yeah it it was good to see because that it that's what it was like watching games. That's how far you had far ahead you were of some guys. So it honestly, to I'm not just like. Yeah, it just did not feel that way at all. Like, I felt like I was playing good footy and I felt good. Mm. But it did not feel that way when you've, like, yeah. I don't know. It actually blows my mind hearing a lot of this stuff at the minute too. Because I genuinely rate Jesse Gardner and, like, Zane Ord at the minute and stuff like guns. So it's just Mm. like, yeah, I don't know. Me too. But... Nah, yeah, all right. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Me too. So do I. Um, But no, it was... If it was really close, I would have been very surprised. So I was glad that, you know, I didn't expect that. But I knew if you win, like, you'll probably win by a decent amount. A decent amount. But 21 votes in a 3 2 1, that's, that's big. As, as I mentioned that night, though, there was only one, one uh, award that I wanted, and that was the Premiership <laughs> Award. So. Good boy. Yeah. Good boy. Definitely. <laughs> there they are, the words of any good team man. And we'll touch on. We're going to touch on the granny in a minute, but obviously it was a uh, it was a fairly good night for both of you because uh, I know Pezza doesn't want to say, but what else happened that night, Locke? Oh, here we go. This is uh, yeah. 
He's, so he's trying to dodge he it. He was trying to dodge it. He's, he's, been, he's been talking about me for the last oh, half hour or so. It's time to talk about Pezza. <laughs> the uh, coach of the year in any, what was it? Seniors, whole, yeah, um, it was, reserves, occults, anything. SFL, yeah, the whole of the competition. So Will Perry, coach of the year. It was a fairly good night for the two of you. I don't know, we might not get a chance to touch on it in our couple, the last couple of episodes, Pez, so we might touch on it now considering we've got the reason that probably you guys are both there that night the two of you here together. Um, for you, mate, that's obviously a fairly good award, like a fairly big achievement to win at such a young age in your first year of coaching. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was pretty lucky. Um, that definitely, like, Plummer's saying that he didn't go in with any expectations. I definitely did not go in with any expectations whatsoever. I didn't even think it would be possible for the award to go to the under-18s competition. I thought it was definitely a more of a senior coaching award because it was for the entire comp. So I didn't even sort of spring to mind for me at all. Um, I thought if anything, like the team might just get mentioned that we've gone undefeated and that we're playing in a granny on Saturday. But definitely, yeah, definitely didn't expect to be getting up there and um, and getting an award for sure. But no, it was good and I'll, yeah, I'll take it. I think it just shows that, you know, even though that you guys were the two that, that, you know, got awards that night, that as you guys have said, you've both been pretty modest in the fact that it takes a collective to obviously get players to that point. And if, you know, you guys don't get to that point if everyone doesn't buy into the process and the whole class is behind you. So I feel like those awards, are just, even though they're only, you know, they're only for you guys, they just go to show that everyone in that side played a part in, you know, getting you to the point where you were awarded the BNF and getting pissed to the point where he's awarded Coach of the Year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think that goes to show on what I'm going to talk about now as a grand final because obviously any good team isn't just the coach and, you know, one of the best players. It's, you know, the, the whole 22. So grand final day, mate. Obviously a, a pretty wow. pretty big day. Wow. Um, no doubt. Wowsers, trousers. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wowsers, trousers. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. I like that. Uh, I'll give credit to Gary uh, Gary Conrad for that one. <laughs> Wowsers, trousers. Yeah. Yeah. I might yeah, nah. use that. I might yeah, use that. So, grand final day, mate. It was obviously a, a pretty special day. Um, just, I guess, talk us through, I guess, your memories of the day. And then I've gone back and watched a bit of the vision and no doubt Pez has probably watched it 3,000 times since the day, as a lot of the guys would have. You were obviously got copped a fair bit of attention that game, no doubt. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you still obviously showed up and I've seen the goal that you kicked. Uh, I think it was maybe in the in the fourth quarter or the third third quarter. It was a pretty special Special goal, mate. So, yeah. yeah just, I'm actually not sure if it was fourth or third. Yeah. So, just, just your thoughts of the day, mate. What can you remember of it all? Um, well, I reckon I had the probably worst preparation for a game that I've ever had in my life. Um, the night before, I had a few things happen unexpected and whatnot. And I don't reckon I got to sleep that morning until about three in the morning. So, I yeah, didn't really wake up feeling a bit ordinary. Um which is like, what, four four hours before game time? Like yeah, I think we played like 10, so yeah, you've got to be there like an hour and a half sort of before, which was, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, like, it wasn't ideal. So I came into the game sort of just thinking, trying to focus, just get my mind off everything and trying to focus on the game. And then when I went out there straight away and I saw, I don't know if he's listening, but Campbell Gain, I remember I saw him come straight out to me, give me one in the shoulder, and I thought, here we go, she's on today. So, um, look, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, he he beat me that day. He played very very well on me, and um, I yeah, I my teammates constantly over at him, like getting him off me. But he wore me like a glove that day. And if I didn't if I didn't kick them couple of goals, it would have been a pretty ordinary day for me. So, but no, nah, like it was, 
it just goes to show though, as I was like speaking about before, like I had a bit of an ordinary day and we still win. Jesse came back from an MCL or something like that. It was he he came back like four weeks early to play the grand final and he still would have racked up twenty. You know, Harry Fish, best on they they stood up, so it was really good, yeah. Yeah, so you played Southern Storm and they were a team that obviously I think you played in the first week of finals, but you were you were like really challenging that grand final. I looked at the scores and I watched mm. a bit of vision and, and three-quarter time, it's a pretty tight contest. Yeah, it was very scrappy. Like we, we had played our best football all year in the third and fourth quarter when it starts to dry up a bit and we can just zing it around. Like we were, we, we beat any team we felt that year um, on the outside and like uh, contested footy obviously, but get it to the outside and we'll, we'll run teams off their legs sort of thing. Um, that game it was nothing like that, and they were a big. They were a pretty big side. They were blokes like Kyle Russell, um, who throws his weight around. He's a big boy, but he yeah, he would have winded me a few times. Um, but now nah, like they've got yeah good big sort of solid players in that team, and it was very tough the first half. And we knew we knew, but we knew that coming in. We knew it was going to be tough. I mean, at the end of the day, you you can go eighteen wins in a row, and you can still lose that last one. So that that's why I was just trying to focus and stuff because I knew I'd played in a grand final before where we lost by 109 points, but we beat that same team two weeks ago, yeah. like two weeks prior. So it's like, you you know, I knew in my own head, if we don't show up today, she's it could be a very bad day. And yeah, so I just tried to get her up and about and stay focused and we sort of run away with it in the end. She dried up a bit and yeah. Yeah, so Pez, I guess for you as a coach, obviously your best player is Coppin Feb. One of your best players, sorry, he's coming a fair bit of attention in the, in the grand final. Do you go to him at some point? Obviously, as Locke said, he had, he had a fairly rough night the night before. Do you go to him pre-game, quarter time, half time, three quarter time, and kind of give him some words of encouragement as to you know you're you know um, like you won the the comp, been there for a reason. You know you've been a good player all year. There's going to be a time in this game where it's your time to stand up and do something for the team. Like it's going to come. Don't. Don't drop your head, you know, just keep getting the footy, keep being near the footy at some point in the game, it's going to open up and you're going to be able to, able to do what you do. I'll just say quickly there, I was getting frustrated too. So, yeah, it was a big thing, yeah, what Pez about to say, I was getting frustrated, so. Yeah, for sure. And we, we knew we knew he was going to cop a lot of attention. It, you know, that happens when you're the best player in the competition by a mile. So, we knew that was going to... We, we knew that was going to happen. Um, but... <laughs> Coronavirus, sir. Um, we knew that was going to happen, and we were, you know, reasonably prepared for it. And we knew we had guys around Lockie that were going to look after him. We're going to help him out as much as they could. Um, but yeah, it was. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. It was. It was like the classic movie scenario where the team goes all the way through undefeated. They get to they get to the grand final, the championship of whatever sport it is. It wouldn't be a grand final because it wouldn't be an AFL movie. It'd be some freaking hockey movie or something. Yeah. I probably wouldn't watch that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I get to the championship game and their best players potentially not having their best day, but they they just do enough at the end. They kick the last goal of the game or they kick, they kick the goal to get them in front or they kick the goal to win it. It was, it was literally like that, like when I watch it back. And I know how the game's going to pan out. It's almost like, you know, he's not anywhere near what his normal standards would be in terms of getting bold possessions because he's getting tagged out of the game by a good player in Campbell Gain. Um, but then you can't keep a good player down for long, for too long. And yeah, towards the back end of the game, he's able to bob up and he kicks two really crucial goals in, in a game where goals were hard to come by. 
and it was a really close game. Um, and to get and then give one away in two well, sort of two minutes after one of his really good goals, he's given one away, and that's two in a row for us in a really short space of time. So to anyone that would go out and say that you know Plummer didn't play that well or he was beaten that day, you know what? I was beaten that day. He did. He did everything that we needed him to do, which was get his hands on the footy a little bit and kick some goals for us. And that's exactly what he did. And he stood up when we needed him to. So, no, it was good. Which is exactly why we went undefeated, because it doesn't matter who you take out of the game, yeah. that we would get up and respond find yeah. a way. Yeah, you weren't a team of one. You were a, you're a team that's of 22. Exactly and right. Everyone stood up and played their role. That's it. So, Siren hits, mate. Obviously, you win the game. What's your? Can you remember the feeling? I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. I was just... I could not, honestly, I could not even get up and celebrate with the boys. I was just hands and knees dead. But I just, it was more inside than anything. It was like, we've done it. Like we've, and it was, oh, oh actually, I'm getting shivers right now, Goose, and yeah. I'm thinking about it. Like, that's look, why I've been a like, lot. Look to your left, up on the wall. We're just in the den for the listeners. Oh There's the, the premiership photo up on the, not the premiership photo, but the, the photo of the premiership look side. Look at me, I'm up there trying to flex me bicep. Flogger. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be the only one, mate. I'm sure oh, Pez has no. got his up too. Yeah, he would be. You look at a photo like that, and then you obviously you look at photos now of, you know, grand final day, and, and you think back to your memories of, yeah. you know, that day in Ohio, and obviously that night up in the den. And I'm sure it holds a special place in your heart. It's probably one of the best days that you've had so far. Oh, I, yeah, I can't describe it with words. Like, obviously, I've I've thanked Pez numerous times for actually sticking with me and getting me up to the club because I would never experience that. Like, and experience that if it wasn't for the effort, the groundwork that people put in behind the scenes, and and even people like um, Russell at the time, the um, president, like he he he'd always after every single game, he'd always get around us, like and. We just knew the the club was with us, like along for the ride. And as soon as we won, came back to the den, just seeing all the loyal supporters, like um, all the elderly ladies and like everyone who had been starved of success in the senior side and starved for so long with Hobart, and we brought back a flag, and it was just like indescribable. Like you couldn't, yeah, oh yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, indescribable is the right. Is word. that it or is it undescribable? Indescribable. I think it's indescribable. In, yeah. Indes- yeah, I was spot on. <laughs> Cheers. Jeez. I'm a concreter, but I'm uh, <laughs> on Amy's stuff. Hey. <laughs> yeah, definitely indescribable. Um, relief, like from coming, like from my point of view, after that game, especially early days, like as soon as it had just happened, like it was relief more than anything. I think, like it was a long year, and I think it was like all of a sudden you can finally relax because like towards that back end, you know that that's that's what the goal has to be for us to win it. And, you know, we spoke about in episode four, like, you know, you don't want to be that side that goes undefeated and then loses in a grand final. And I suppose at three-quarter time when we're only up by eight points, it was very possible that that could have potentially happened. But, um no, for us to for us to have a really big last quarter and to get over the line was yeah, it was definitely a relief more than anything in that, that last couple of minutes when I knew that we'd won it, that was yeah, it was pretty special. It was pretty special. We've spoken uh I think with, with Rocket, he came on episode two and we spoke uh to him about a bit of a bit of a moment that he and uh, Pez had up at uh, the den and then obviously Jaden had a moment with Pez. But did you guys obviously no doubt you guys spoke afterwards and We've had a bit of a moment or something. I reckon we had about 
three three thousand moments throughout the season, and yeah. and I, that's not even we would have had a lot of moments. Whether it was moments just after the game, half time, could have been a moment in Obar one night, you know, <laughs> like it was just we had a lot of moments, me and Pez and Top and Nando's, we all had good times. But no, nah, it was yeah, like in terms of after the grand final, I I can't actually put me. I can't think of one specific moment, but yeah. it was just like every time you're in that person's presence, you f- yeah. you feel it and you know, like, and you, you've always got that connection. Like, yeah, I don't even know, I guess when we rocked up tonight, um, I'm guessing you guys probably, even though you still chat, you probably don't see each other. Hadn't much seen as you him did. for a bit, yeah. yeah that, and like I was obviously just you know watching and seeing like you guys are always going to have that bond and that connection that you know that's when you see him in the street, you're like, oh, that's the bloke that coached your flag and. Well, but yeah. Pez, that's you know one of the guys I coached in the flag, and it was the same when Jaden came up. Um, yep. It was the same, even though Rocket wasn't there the year you guys won it. Obviously, Pez, you had that connection with Rocket. Like it's the same. I feel like when you go the whole way and you win flags and you get the grand finals, there's just a special connection that you have with the people that you deal with. I feel like yeah, you're spot on there, and I feel like a lot of that's just because you know how hard you've worked, yep. each other's worked, and you know, and you know like the. Tough times, the ups and downs you've been through, but at the same time, you know, like, you, you've done it. At the end of the day, you've done it. You look at each other and go, bang, like, we've smashed that out. Look what we've just achieved. Yeah. And we did it. We did it literally through hard work, determination, and grit. So, yeah. yeah. I think we've spoken, we've spoken previously, uh, a big words like a buy-in, like everyone just bought yeah. in in that season. That's yeah. And it wasn't just the 22 and Peza and, you know, his, his old man when he was helping out coaching. It was a buy-in from the whole club, Russell. Uh, obviously the senior guys and the reserves guys that would come and watch you guys and support you and help you out. It's the ladies that come up the den and cook tea on a Thursday night for the players. Like if you don't have the buy-in from everyone, I don't feel like a flag and if any season that you guys had where you go 18 and win the flag happens at all. doesn't. You're 100% right. And even I, all I can think about when you say little things like that, the buy-in, I just remember the times where we're doing sprints out on the TCA and the Pez will yell out, two more, like we got two more and, then, and we do them. And then someone will yell out, I can't swear on you, they'll yell out, stuff that, let's do another three as a team, yeah. let's do it right now. Yeah. And we're all in and we just do another three and it's like, that there, even though you're only doing another three sprints and it's not much, mentally it's it's more than anything because you know, who who cares about this, what we're doing. We're, we're, you've got to trust the process sort of thing. Like, yeah. yeah I don't all know. the little things that up. Little things, end. yeah, that's yeah. it. And yeah, respect of each other as well. You know, you, no one's going to yell that out knowing that they're going to have someone in that team that goes, stuff that, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. someone's had the confidence to yell out and do that because they know everyone's going to do it with them. Yeah. And that's, yeah, a massive thing with a team. No, it was a pretty uh, pretty sensational journey, obviously, from the from the two years as a whole, but just on you as an individual, when you came up to the club and the year that you guys had in 2017s, one that, I guess, was the reason we decided to, to start this little journey as a, as a podcast series is the fact that it's a journey that I don't think I've ever seen before, Tassie footy. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of senior sides go undefeated and win flags, but to come from where the club had come from the year previously to, you know, getting pumped every week in the under-18s and not winning a game, and then, you know, you, you, hire, you put a new guy in charge, it's, you know, three or four years removed from the, the age of his players. You get guys like yourself and Jesse, and you keep guys, you know, and other guys come to the club, and you keep guys like Jaden and Harry Fish and... and guys that stuck around that season yeah a lot of things have to go right to get where you guys were at the end of 2017 but all in all i think it's a pretty remarkable achievement what everyone pulled off that season but yeah it was just a few guys that did that had had shining lights and and for you mate it was obviously a fairly uh 
a fairly great season. You at the obviously end of the season you won the the, uh, the club B and F, and that was obviously yeah. another another big achievement for you. Yeah, that, I mean that was at the end of the day, like it was. They were all. Um, I was so grateful and, and so glad to get the recognition, like because I was working hard and stuff throughout the season. But um, oh look, it just uh, yeah. I know the old cliche it doesn't happen without your teammates, but it really yeah. doesn't. Like because the amount of times you would you don't see it behind closed all closed doors. Half the games weren't filmed, but you don't see blokes on the bottom of the pack handballing it out to me, like. Yeah. And then I and then I can do what is my role. People doing the harder stuff and like that is literally, I can't put my finger like it's yeah it's literally that's one of the main reasons why I've had such a good year because I had blokes helping me out like you, you got blokes supporting it. me like and knowing that maybe you might not have someone that's can you know is that quick or whatever like that, but if they're strong that they know their role and they know that what they'll do sort of thing yeah. so nah, very modest mate very modest uh, <laughs> yeah. she's still. I guess before we finish up, I just want to touch on you. Still up at Hobart having a kick now. You played playing yeah. seniors at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still having a kick. She's um good vibes at the moment. Yeah, as yeah. I say, going right at the minute. Obviously, uh, Rat Gilmore, Alex has come across from Richmond. Yep. From and he's brought a few players with him, and a lot of you guys have stuck around. Yep. Uh, so obviously the club went from they didn't win a game last season, and then obviously started two and zero this year. Yeah. Beat the reigning premiers round one, and obviously came from behind in the in the fourth quarter against Claremont. Good time. Last week, I feel like we spoke. Yeah, you, well, and I spoke. You know, pre pre recording, it feels like just a bit eerie as to what's gonna might happen. This yeah, season. I'm, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but touch wood. But um, yeah, there was um, I'll actually give all the credit to Cripper here, uh, Mark Cripps. I know you're listening. Uh, he actually pulled me up, come up behind me, pinched me on the oh, ass bum. I don't know if I can swear on here. Glute. Um, on the glute, yeah, on the gluteus maximus. Um. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's come up, give me a little pinch, and he said, Oi, Plum, remember the last time we uh, didn't win a game all year? What happened the year after? So I'm sat there going, oh, you cheeky devil. But <laughs> hope, hopefully, well, she's looking good at the moment, but I'm not getting ahead of myself. We've got Sorrell tomorrow, um, and they've need, knocked off Dodgers, so you can't you can't count your chickens for that, I suppose. Yeah, you don't want to get complacent, but it's, yeah, it's definitely reeking of um, Hobart Colts 2017, so... I'm looking forward to see how you go. Yeah, it's good vibes. Great. Good vibes. And everything we hear is that uh, Rats brought a bit of professionalism to the club and the guys that have come over from Richmond have really brought some positivity and some and great energy to the club. So hopefully good things happen back into the year. And this is obviously going to go out on uh, on Sunday night. So hopefully, uh, you know, tomorrow. When you tomorrow, play, oh yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow hopefully. When you play Sorrell, hopefully, you know, the listeners can tune into this and after a good win on the Saturday, they can sit back on the couch and tune in to Tiger Triumph and they can That's it. Good vibes enjoy a, a great weekend of, uh, of Hobart content. That's it. So like, How good is it? It's, it? It would be fantastic, <laughs> mate. So that's all we've got for today, guys. Uh, we've been reeling on for a tick just over the hour mark. So longest episode yet. That's Yeah, I, I, I tend to dribble a bit like no, you. Mate, nah, you've you got to stop me. <laughs> you have been sensational. I'm sure all the listeners will agree once they uh, tune in. So we just, me and Pezzer and I just want to thank you for coming on today, mate. You've been a pleasure to chat to. It's been a while to try and lock you down and get you in, but we finally got you and it was it was well worth the wait. No, I, uh, I will say a quick thank you to both of you for doing what you're doing with this Tiger stuff because as soon as I saw the first episode and Pezzer messaged me saying, this is happening. I was like, as I said at the start, like a little kid on Christmas. I, you couldn't stop the smile off my face. I was ready to go, like what, waiting for the episodes to drop. And um, it's just bringing back really, really good memories. And 
and like yeah get to reminisce about such a good year so yeah cheers to you guys for having me and cheers for doing this as well putting the time and effort you are into doing it so no nah, thanks big mate. thanks we, we appreciate that that was the that was the aim of the podcast just to shine a bit of light and and hopefully everyone that was around the club at that time can can look back and think geez like what an achievement we made so if that's what the listeners are thinking like you lock, we're uh, doing our job right. So we're, nah, we're happy about that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. And I want to thank uh, the great man, Will, again for, for jumping on with me today, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, Rosa. Um, another one down. It's been good to catch up with my old mate Plum and shoot the breeze about him getting 30 plus and <laughs> kicking four and doing it with broken boots. No, oh, it was good. Good times, Piz. <laughs> great memes. Great memes. Definitely, definitely feel like a, a third wheelie tonight. Oh, no. On the outside looking in of a, of a good little love story. You can never stop the bromance. You no, can't. No, I like it. I like it. That's what the Hobart Putty Club's all about is building relationships and those relationships sticking around for long after the playing days are over. So, yeah. Thanks to everyone for uh, tuning in to episode five. We hope you've uh, enjoyed it and uh, we'll, we'll see you again for our next episode. Thank you and take care.